0: Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I'm going to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources to remind you, you don't mom alone. This is our sixth and final episode of the Summer and Mentorship series. This episode originally aired in October of 2016. It was episode 140, entitled Parenting Small with my friend, Chantel Brewer small is the new big. And as we're heading back to school and there's so many opportunities of things we can do and places we can go, Chantel is preaching a message of go smaller. And she gives us some practical ideas on ways she equipped her kids to love people well right where they were. And I love her intentional and yet super simple way to connect with the people in our kids' lives. And it's all in an invitation once a month called Taco Tuesday and it took me about two and a half years to finally try this which is so embarrassing and yet that gives you the freedom you know take your time sometimes it takes a while to try these things out but we loved it my kids loved it the teachers I invited loved it so you'll hear about that in this episode. Since we released the episode, Chantel has published a book. It's called Missionary Mom. So if you jive with Chantel's sense of humor and her heart, then you should definitely check out Missionary Mom. I put links in the show notes. And as we think about parenting small, I want to give you a tool to help you do that. And this month's sponsor for the summer a mentorship is Cultivate What Matters. And cultivating what matters is a child's heart. And as we send them out to ballet class or on the soccer field or just to play in the neighborhood, I think it's a valuable thing to plant God's word into those hearts. And the one tool to do that is the Cultivate What Matters Write the Word Journal for kids. And they have a new one that's so cute. That's Fruit of the Spirit. If you want to go check it out, go to CultivateWhatMatters.com forward slash don't mom alone. And you can check it out. You can see the pages. There's a spot for them to write the date and write how they're feeling and write what they're thankful for and then write out God's Word. It has a prompt for the actual scripture for that day and then a space to color or to journal. What a great way to fight against the anxieties and the fears and the worries of this world and for them to have something to actually share with their friends as they're playing on the playground or wherever they are. If you want to get 10% off, when you go to cultivatewhatmatters.com forward slash don't mom alone, use the code don't mom alone to get 10% off. All right, let's get to my chat with Chantelle. Here we go. Hey, Chantel, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I have thought about you so many times since I was sitting in the lobby in Dallas and it was, I don't even know what time, 11 Late. and you came up and you, everyone started talking like we all knew each other. Only I had no idea who you guys were. I just was so happy.
0: <laughs> and I've been stalking you on I Instagram. <laughs> I, yeah, that's perfect. i had been watching you perfect. do little videos on Instagram uh, because of the hashtag of the conference. I found you and I was like, this girl's funny. And I I like her and I don't know her and I like her and I want her to come on the show and I don't even know her story. But what I want moms to know and hear, especially the young moms, I I want them to hear your message of our mission field in motherhood and not just in like a really buttoned up um, missionary kid, like keep all the rules and be really perfect and moral and, to truly live out the gospel, to truly invite people to our lives, to truly train up our children to be lights in the world. And you've launched your oldest. So before yeah. we get into all that, I know I'm getting ahead of myself. Before we get into all that, I want you to introduce everyone to your family real quick.
1: So I am Parenting Nonsense. My blog is nonsense at its finest. And it's I chose that because we became parents of five and my husband and I met in seventh grade and um we started dating in i was in 10th grade i'm sorry i was in 11th grade and he was a senior and we got married not too long after that so we're over 20 years in now and which is wild and we have five kids our oldest is 18 and she is a student in southern california she's currently on a mission trip with a bunch of her uh, schoolmates. and and then we have two 10th graders that are not twins. They huh. are exactly 12 months apart. Yes. What? Okay. And Yeah. Um, and then we have a, um, I have a daughter who's 11 and a son who is 10 and he's my youngest.
0: So you had a lot, right? In a short period of time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So things are All crazy. All
1: biological too.
0: All Yes. By- yes. <laughs> things are crazy now, but they were really crazy when you had them, um, you know, eight, six, five, wait. Yeah. Really close. Yes, yeah, Man. so
1: close together, okay, and those um my two middle or my second and my third were not planned I that's gonna be the question that everyone is thinking of, and they won't listen to the rest of what we're saying, so <laughs> I'll throw out that answer because everybody's like, oh my gosh, it's literally twelve months and five days except for the leap year, and then it's twelve months and six days we get a break, another an extra day break in between <laughs> their birthdays on the leap year Woo-hoo.
0: that's. Crazy. That's crazy. Are they friends as they're in the same grade?
1: They are. They're 14 and 15. And they were originally in separate grades, but she's kind of a whippersnapper. So Mm. um, we skipped, she skipped fourth grade. And they are super close. They very much have always acted like twins. And even just that funny, we've, we've been around some twins to be able to hear um, just kind of the mom's take on everything and, and sort of their twin speak and all of that. They had all of that. It's very weird, (laughs) very weird. And y'all are very weird in the best way. I love it.
0: Well, weirdness. I mean, I think you've embraced the weird, right? You're just, you're good with weird. (laughs) I mean, weird, the, the weirder, the better kind of.
1: Oh Yeah. And, you know, it's so great because we have, we are such a motley crew whenever we go places because it's not usually just us that will arrive, which is insane because, you know, I mean, you have, you have a lot of kids and we have, have, yeah. yeah, we have, we have decent sized families and you know, when you, you get invited to dinner and mm. you're
0: like, are you sure? We I'm do not get, sure. we barely, I mean, barely, <laughs> barely get invited to dinner to okay. very sweet families that are okay with chaos invite us to dinner. Yeah, yeah
1: right, right. I would like to invite you to dinner. You're welcome. Any Tuesday, we have tacos. <laughs> oh, okay. so you are always, always welcome.
0: We'll fly out, we'll fly so out. We
1: live in Northern Nevada. Anytime you get here.
0: Okay, <laughs> love it. And so you, when you go and you have all your crazies.
1: You know, you kind of, you descend. You know what I mean? You don't just go someplace. You sort of, as large families, you sort of descend upon places and everyone stops and turns and looks and, and people keep getting out of your car and keep getting out of your car. And it, we make it worse because, because we almost never just have our own children. They always, we always have somebody or, you know, I have some younger Um, they're older girls that I work with, you know, young college age or young moms that I do, um, I kind of partner with. And so they're with us and then their kids are with us. And then our train just keeps going. How big is your
0: car? Is it a clown car? um,
1: You know, it was actually, we just last week sold our minivan just that. And that was an eight passenger and we still very often would have to take two vehicles. Mm-hmm. And, but since our oldest is moved out now, and, and then our other two are teenagers. And so they're in that, um, they don't go a lot of places with us. So what, you know, if we're, if I'm running to the store, that's, they're too cool for that now. And so I don't need room for them anymore. So they just want to be dropped off wherever they're going. They don't necessarily always need me to tag along. So we have a six passenger truck and a five passenger Jeep. So we can take up to 11.
0: Fabulous. Fabulous. So you, your passion, your passion is to, you work with women, you work with kids, you've worked all ages, you teach right now, fifth grade, you just, you ooze with wanting what, what do you want in these children and these women? What do you want them to know?
1: I want them to know, it's really the same message. I feel that each of them has a place in their community. They have a role in their community right now, wherever they're at, for the moms, whatever your carpet looks like. That's always some, they'll say it. My carpet is terrible. I hear that a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I say that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so uh, I used to say it. I don't know what it is that makes us so insecure about our carpet stains or whatever. To me, that's like, oh, you have a real life. You know, every time you get into someone's car. They'll say, I'm sorry, my car is a mess. And it doesn't matter how clean their car is. Seriously, right. that's right. what we say. And I just think, well, good, good. It, it ought to be this way. You're living, you're having life, you're in, you people are coming over. That means that, you know, you're welcoming people to drink Coca-Cola on your carpet. And that's as it should be. And I just, you know, living life with people and not just willy-nilly life, and I love weird sayings like willy nilly and whatnot. <laughs> love whatnot a lot, but I just feel like embrace it all, you know. And and what are you doing on purpose right now? And there's a lot of people that talk about you know their ministry as being a purposeful mom, and and I, I absolutely come alongside that, but I feel like it's a step further than that. It's not just about who we are as moms; it's about who we are training our kids up to be. You know, and really taking stock of that verse of training up our kids, it isn't just about introducing them to Jesus. It is introducing them to um, scriptures that they can fight with and prayers that they, you know, Jesus taught the disciples how to pray and they were grown men who mm-hmm. had known God. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I just, we all need to learn all of those things. And as we are learning those things, we we need to be passionate about passing them on right away to our kids. And then our kids are passing them on to somebody else. And you know, that you and I talked about that discipleship. Mm -hmm. It's so organic. It's so natural. And so really embracing the roles that we are each in, being filled and filling up, you know, just being, living in that cycle together and making the most of it rather than just letting that cycle take us for a spin, you know, because that can happen. You get so caught up in all the stuff you're, Supposed to be doing, or you think you're supposed to be doing, or wanting to be doing, and somebody is getting left behind, and sometimes it's us you Mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. it's our own physical self, whatever. But just you know, keeping our ministry small enough so that we can really walk in that and being present wherever God has put you in that role, whatever your role
0: is. So, let's talk about that. Keeping your ministry small enough, what does that look like for you? What boundaries have you put on your life to keep it small?
1: I feel a lot. I love boundaries
0: Mm, a lot. mm. I don't
1: know where that love came from. I am the fourth born in my family. And somebody told me that the firstborn personality cycles, it restarts in the fourth born.
0: (laughs) Oh, interesting.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, and when I look at my fourth born, she's my mini me. She's identical to me in every way. And I can see that for sure in her. But I think keeping your ministry small, it doesn't mean that it's simple or plain. It means that it is concise. You know, if I am a mom, then I am living like a mom, not frenzied and crazy and being involved in everything, but it's things like I'm making my family dinner. Um, We are sitting for family dinner. I interact with my children in a really efficient, not the right word, but that's kind of what I mean. You know, I don't ask big questions. I ask them really, depending on their age, I ask them really poignant questions about, who did you talk to today? What is something nice that you said today? You know, and so that's me laying down at that boundary, that expectation of what I expect of my kids. I expect that you're going and saying nice things. What did you say that was helpful to your teacher today? You know, things really specific like that because that's their world. You know, that's their at school. That's their ministry. That's where they're supposed to go and shine their light. So how am I equipping them to do that? And um, like I was saying before, you know, not, it's not about being kind. It's about doing these five steps this week, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like for you. If you've got a four-year-old, your four-year-old can compliment his preschool teacher. What, you know, what is one way that your four-year-old can build up somebody around him, give him those words. And so that is really small. That's a really small thing that as a mom, I can pass on to my four-year-old that he can turn around and, you know, I mean, what a difference it's going to make in that teacher's day.
0: Well and I'm thinking you know about our our dinner time table conversation sometimes it's about what has been done to us Does yeah, that make sense yeah. like yeah. what was a highlight or low light is often what happened to us So what I like about your mm-hmm. questions are they're more about what did you do to make things better for mm-hmm. someone else instead of what did someone do to you because I feel like my boys right now are in a season where they're really self I mean I guess it's a normal developmental thing to be really self focused and to turn their eyes away from that actually is what takes the training. The natural bent is towards self and self-preservation and, and the the training and the discipleship is Jesus saying, no, no, look to others, look to others, (laughs) look to others. And so the training in me, if I'm at dinner and I'm asking them what happened to you, then Uh that's not training them to see others.
1: Right. Well, and it's our, it's definitely our human nature Mm -hmm. to be, you know, to want to talk about self, to want to, um, reflect on the, the things that are being done to us, you know, or to be, so it's not selfish necessarily, but it's self-focused and it's not, it's not out of a a negative place. It's just, you know,
0: it's the normal, it's what we would do. Yeah, Yeah. it is.
1: it, It is our human nature. And so as Christians, we get to kind of buck that system and bring it up a notch and say, well, how are you making a difference? You know, mm-hmm. this is our human nature to do this. So what are you doing about that? So what are you doing about somebody so that when they go home, the thing that's been done to them is going to be a positive thing. What are they going to go home and tell their mom about you? What are they going to see in our family, on our street? You know, what are our neighbors going to notice? If we're running around pulling up, we live with in a neighborhood where there's a lot of elderly people. And so we're always running out. I send my kiddos out to go pull up their trash cans or pull their newspapers up closer You know, so they don't have to bend over and uh, pick up their newspapers. I mean, those are really simple Mm. things. But for my kids, that ripple effect, I'm hoping that it's huge because what what I'm hoping it's doing is it's opening their eyes to see the needs that are around them. And that, I think, is major. You know, I mean, I feel like the ripple effect that could possibly have is major. And I just, that really challenges me to be in the moment as a mom, to be so f- filled up in the word that the Holy Spirit is able to, you know, I'm, I'm in contact and he is speaking to me and opening my eyes so that I can turn around and say, hey, you know what I just noticed? Why don't we go over here and clean up this trash? Or look, do you see that little kid at, we're at the park? And you know, what I, you see that little kid that doesn't have anyone to play with? Let's go see if he wants to play. And so teaching them that, that that's their new human nature, mm. giving them that new that those new um, set of eyes
0: it's really good that the smallness because the smallness is you and god (laughs) you and the holy spirit you and your kids you and your your neighborhood but huge in that you're turning them their eyes towards how they play a big role in what's going on what's going on in the world like which to them their world is right there their world right. isn't, That's
1: exactly right. isn't right. beyond that. Yeah. No, but what's happened now with my oldest now, she's off in college and what's happened is the first thing that she was looking for. You now she has such a missionary heart. It's mm. so natural for her. And my older brother and my mom are, um, or one of my older brothers, they're all older. <laughs> one of my older brothers and my mom are missionaries. They've been since for as long as I can remember. And, um, They've traveled a lot and they have lots of stories. And for them, a lot of the stories that they've brought home, the learning how to be a missionary, you know, really uh, the struggles that they faced and and then having to uh, rework their mindset when they are in other countries or when they're working with other people who are difficult. And so for them now, that's because they've done it for so long. That's already that's easy so even now that rolls over into their work, into their church, into their relationships where they're very go with the flow kind of people where that goes, we really aren't those sort of people by nature. Right. <laughs> we like routine. We're very black and white thinkers. And so now they can really, I, it's been neat to watch them kind of change as humans. And it's it's molded me for sure. And then it's mold, it's kind of changed how I'm molding my children because I want them to have those skills already when they go into the workplace and their boss is harsh, what can you do to, you know, my daughter worked at, um, can I say Starbucks? Well, she yeah, did. She worked. She at
0: Starbucks did. That's fine. Arkansas. Talk about it. Sponsored by Starbucks. No, I'm just
1: kidding. <laughs> I am <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, in my morning. And yes. I pay them. Yeah. They sponsor me with a coffee in return. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, it's but such she a deal. went there as like a special, you know, and, and she did, she had a boss and she said, I feel like sometimes she's super great and other times she's insanely cranky. And I said, well, figure out why ask Mm. her, you know, find out how are you doing? Are you okay? What can I do? And you know, as uh, she was 17 and so walking her through what that looks like to go and deal with an adult, that adult, what she was able to pour back onto my daughter and how her attitude toward my my kid changed. She was still really grumpy with everyone else. <laughs> hmm. But she felt safe and loved by by my kid because she just really, I think, needed somebody to take the time. And it turns out actually she's going through quite a bit in her personal life. And so right. for a kid to come along and go to somebody who's grown and say, Hey, thanks for being here or you know, thank you for those shifts. I really appreciate that. Just that acknowledgement of her going out of her way or asking, is everything okay today? I think made such a huge difference. And that was built into, to my Isabel uh, at such a young age that for her, it's really second nature. She always finds the kid on the playground that has no friends. It's my favorite. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's so great. Cause some kids that comes naturally, some kids that's like, they just come out of the womb seeing the need. And right. I, right. even for one of mine, I've had to like <laughs> yeah. reel it in slightly so that he doesn't become sure, the, um, right. The like going into everyone's hoops and solving everything for everybody and, Uh and the martyr kind of mentality. I'm like, you know, there's a lifeguard for a reason. And if you try to save someone, you could both drown. Anyway, that kind of idea, but to train it into kids where it's not their natural, Ben, even not natural for me. Right. Right. So how would you encourage the young mom listening who desires that, who, who wants to do what you're saying to train up you know, you mentioned the dinnertime conversations and the seeing the elderly and the just direction even with a teenager. What were some other tangible things that y'all have done as part of that training?
1: Well, on, the, on a small scale, I actually send them to school each day with a little challenge. And it's not every day, but it's a good portion of them. And it's things like really, really basic things like pushing someone's chair today, even if they don't notice it and don't point it out. You know, and then we get to talk about, well, why did why couldn't we point it out? You know, what does that, you know, what, Mm. what does that mean? What does that, how does that change how we bless people or why we bless people? Things like if you see garbage, pick it up. I mean, that to me, that seems like a given, but it really isn't anymore. Or with kids, they don't know it. We need to teach them that. Um, Things like, well, like today we have two back doors and my daughter said to my son, move over. (laughs) And he said, you move over. And I said, my mom is like, are ready to jump in saying, why don't one of you go around to the other door? And I, or, you know, why don't, no, she said, why don't you ask nicely? And I said, why don't one of you just be the volunteer to go around to the other door and not make anything of it? And so it's, it's really little things even like that is that I'm asking one child to put the other child first and they should be fighting over that. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. Those, you know, and just giving them that expectation is fighting over who's going to put the other one higher first, most mm-hmm. first, more, you know, firster. The firster. <laughs> it's gonna be firstest. The firster. Yeah. yeah. And so those are the conversations I want to hear from you. Not, you know, move over. And how could you handle that differently? And and really just remembering that 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 schoolyard. I love that saying. The schoolyard. It's mm-hmm. like so um, newsies, you know. <laughs> So like everyone's like joining they're
0: in are all the singing. And, they're throwing their hats yeah, in the air. Definitely. It's good. It's
1: yeah, good. definitely sing. Um, I want to know who is new in your school. Have you met that kid that's new in your school and what are you going to do about it? And notice at lunch today, who's one person. And then they, they're so excited when they come back to share when they've done that thing. I found someone, I found someone that didn't have a friend. And I was too scared to ask him to do anything, but I found him, <laughs> yeah. you know, and so maybe that's baby steps and, yeah. and We're just opening they're, their eyes. They're so
0: excited. You're opening their eyes. Sure. Yeah.
1: And, yeah. and, yeah, and then that's, an, that ends up being kind of our dinner conversation and that, that dinner, having dinner is such a huge deal and that could be a whole other podcast, but just giving, having that debrief time, that face-to-face time with your kiddo and giving them your hundred percent attention or that whatever time is that you've allotted and saying, I want to hear all about your day. And then having questions ready, those specific questions. And I get into hard ones with my older kids. I remember we were riding in the car. It was just my son and I, and he was in middle school and we had homeschooled for a long time. And before that he'd gone to a a private school for a little bit and a charter school. So they were pretty sheltered, you know, and like their schools were pretty small. Mm -hmm. Uh, The school settings were pretty small. And they went to a public school that was huge uh, for the first time. And I found out about some things that were going around. Some some kids were sending pictures on phones and my kids don't have that kind of technology because, well, they did, but they broke it and I'm not buying another one. So they're like the only kids at their high school without a phone. And, you know, heaven forbid, <laughs> they
0: don't
1: have a phone.
0: <laughs> another um, whole podcast. Yes.
1: I know. Right, right, right. I I asked him outright. I said, does anyone ever, are there any boys that ever tried to show you dirty pictures? And my son was like, Oh my gosh, you know, I'm in his face was so mortified. And I was like, you can just answer me. Yes or no. It's fine. And he's like, no. And I say, okay, well, what would you do if he did? Mm -hmm. And so really just those super straightforward questions, you know, it doesn't need to be a whole, let's sit down and have this four hour conversation about all the appropriate things and all the inappropriate things. But just those car conversations, you know, just being upfront, front and forward. And, and then just as the mom not making it a huge deal, you know, if he would have said yes, not driving my car off the side of the road.
0: Because <laughs> he very easily could have been. I think that's, but, yeah, that's hard. That is mom specific too. Like there's yeah. definitely... My face shows a million reactions that I cannot control. I used to get in trouble for it as a little kid. Like, why are you making that face? I'm <laughs> like, just, I can't help it. This is my yeah. face. I just react with That's my, just face. The way my face. Is. <laughs> my face is just yeah. very responsive. So yeah, that is yeah. tricky. Okay, so I have a question. With back to the dinner table for yeah. the young mom listening, who dinner is like two seconds. <laughs> like they finally get right. the food on the table, right. and she's thinking it's not even worth it would you tell her to just go ahead anyway and do the little time that she has just to make it a habit? Or would you say just forego it until they're this age? What would be your advice on setting that as a tradition for a family?
1: I don't think I'd forego it. I would just keep the questions maybe not so heavy. You know, if you don't have a lot of time, make them funny. So that it's really, the habit is that you're getting into that interaction of communicating. Your kids know that you are somebody to be talked to. Yeah. And, they will be somebody that you talk to. And so setting that habit of conversation and then um, because each of our family dynamics is going to be different. You know, I'm a working mom. I work in my home as a mom. I work in my home as a writer and I work out of my home as a teacher. And so I have a lot going on. And so our, and then we we, and then, you know, it's not even dictated by my schedule anymore anymore. I've got one, one kid in another state and I've got two teenagers who are, in sports and, you know, busy and, and they have their stuff that they're going and doing. And so sometimes dinner for them is we've all eaten dinner and dinner for them comes at seven 30 for one and then nine o'clock for the next one. And so those are the minutes I make myself free. Mm -hmm. I actually will come back to the table and sit with them and have that face-to-face time with them. But but for our family, we've chosen dinner as our big time. Mm -hmm. So, um, some families have bedtime. You know, they have a real bedtime routine, and that is where that, that conversation would be more appropriate. The thing that I like about the dinner table is that my younger kids get to watch how I interact with my older kids and how my older kids interact with me. And they are – my oldest daughter set a tone for our family that I can't – I could never possibly thank her enough for the kid that she's been and how she has set the tone for our family. I just, my husband and I were just thinking about that and we didn't, I mean, it's obviously God in her life and she has chosen to be a Christian since she was very small and really chased after that. And so it really makes a big difference, um, for the tone of our family and what we've been able to accomplish. You know, we haven't had to fight some of the same typical teenagery things I think that some families have, but it's a lot of it is because we've poured so much into them as preschoolers as really young kids that we set the norms and we never deviated. The norm is that we will come into your room and talk to you. The norm is that you will not hang out in your room all the time, that you will be in the common areas with our family and family time. Mm. You know, the norm is that, and then by, you know, by doing that, we, we personally, we didn't allow TVs in their bedrooms. We don't do screens in our bedrooms. Um, And so that kind of drives them out to our one television, you know, And the norm is that if you get yourself in a bind, we expect that you're going to call us, even if you've got it worked out, which please do something to get it worked out. (laughs) Yeah. Take a step or two. So you're not just, you know, throwing it all over me and making me deal with it. But, you know, that if you are, uh, my, my girls thought it would be such a great idea to go and watch the sunset, which that's awesome. How sisterly, I don't have sisters. So
0: that's awesome. Yeah, Yeah.
1: sweet. My brother's and I wrestled. I don't, it wasn't, it (laughs) wasn't the same. We, my brother would steal me from school in middle school and we would sing Depeche Mode in opera voices on the way out to go fishing in
0: middle school. Yeah. It's it's like going with your sister to the sunset. It's the same. It's pretty much the same. (laughs) Or not at all. It totally is. Yeah, right. So they go. They
1: they go and they think it's going to be this, uh, just really, they're so excited for this bonding moment only it, you know, it's, it's Nevada where it's, we live in uh, a mountain desert, high desert where there's mostly trees and dirt. And so when the rain comes, there's just flooding and craziness. And so she took her sweet minivan, my Mm. sweet minivan up onto this hill that has a wonderful view and so much mud that she got stuck. And, um, they didn't think to give us a call. Mm-hmm. They handled it. They were on the corner from a, a friend of theirs and her for the friend's older brother was able to pull them out no problem. But they came home and my mu- my van was caked in about 2 inches of mud <laughs> and the under <laughs> underneath of it, the whole belly of the van was just mud and the tires were just thick with it. And so we walk out in the morning and we're all uh <laughs> and she's like, Oh yeah, we got in the mud and my husband's all, Are you out of your mind right now? Why didn't you call? <laughs> so You're like equally like, oh, again
0: how glad that you yeah. worked it out, but let us know. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And so, again, having to revisit those norms. Remember when we said you always should call, even if you have it worked out, call and just say, Hey, because I don't want the mud on your car to be what tells me you got stuck in the mud. I want your face to be what tells me that you got stuck in the mud. But we're fine. We got it worked out. Oh, okay. Come on home. You know, that it could have been that easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, we were scared.
0: <laughs> I think what you've she was done a is. New driver. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've, have you, we don't probably as young moms recognize all the little decisions we're making that kind of shape those norms yes. and um, to, to project out, you know, well, if I say yes to this thing, well, how is that going to shift our family culture and our norms and what we expect and to have that intentional thinking and forward thinking is really awesome. I'm even, I, <laughs> I kind of want to go back to the table again because yeah, do it. I love asking questions. I, lo- my favorite thing with my boys is to have good conversation and they're really great at mm-hmm. having a good conversation and we'll have it, you know, in the car at dinner, though. It feels like we have not set a good norm on um, respecting other people and not, you know, waiting for our turn. And everyone's just talking the same time. There's a lot of energy in our house and just, yeah, <laughs> just. So how did you with five and, you know, then you and your husband, how did y'all handle answering those questions? But without talking over each other or did you?
1: Yeah, well, we did, but I don't think that it was um, like, I didn't have a plan going into it. It Mm -hmm. was just, I think um, if you ask my kid, what is one, all my my kids, what is one thing that you hear me say regularly at the table? It's, you need to be a gentleman at my table. You need to be a, a lady and have manners at my table. And that's important to me. And I'm not talking elbows or, I mean, we talk with food in our mouth. That's not at all what I'm speaking of. It's more of the preferring the people that are around you. I'm going to prefer you. And so I'm not going to speak over you. I'm going to give you your turn. And then we have turned around and we've equipped our kids and said, if, if your brother interrupts you say to him, please don't interrupt me. I'd like to finish speaking. And it's kind of blunt, but Mm -hmm. that to me, I think is just the quickest way to teach your kids to be respectful, but set those boundaries. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that kind of goes back to that of, I expect that if I'm sharing something with you that you're going to be respectful and give me your attention and then I'll do the same thing back to you. And it's, you know, how many times you have, when you're out at a store, you're reminding your kids the same thing 5,700 times, even though you went over it right before you got out of the car. Hey, don't forget when we go in here. You're not going to touch anything. You're not going to lick anything. And you're going to keep your hand <laughs> on my grocery cart the whole time. Or, we you know, whatever your rules you're are. You're not going
0: to lick anything is you such an important rule. Licking. Just you say it. Licking, right? No peeing to. on anything. There is no taking off your clothes. We have to say all the things that we are not going to do. Right. Yeah. And you say them. And you say them again.
1: You say them again. And, and you just, I think that if you're willing to repeat them and say them, then it keeps us from getting... Angry when our kids don't do them, you know, and learning not to be offended when our kids aren't performing. (laughs)
0: Mm, That's really good. (laughs)
1: Because, yeah, and, you know, we, I think no matter what and no matter how much we try to keep our motives great, we want our kids to perform. And I know that sounds really awful, but we do. We have this idea that our kids are going to behave in a certain way in, in public, and really, Sometimes they just need to be kids, you know, mean, they just, we have these ideas or ideals of, of how it's going to go. And when it doesn't go that way, are we prideful and we get really embarrassed. And so we yell at our kids or we, you know, we fly off the handle because I find for me, when I get upset with my kids in public, it almost is always because I feel like somebody else isn't approving of my parenting and has nothing at all to do with my kid and their action at that time. And it can't even handled by me saying, dude quit. You know, and yeah. that's very often how I parent. And so, and they quit and, and, you know, sometimes it takes my hand on them mm-hmm. or sometimes I like to hold those little baby hairs at the back of their neck. You know, I just hold them and then it's up to them if it hurts. <laughs> and they'll say, that hurts. And I'll say, well, it's because you're moving and I want you to stand here and listen to my words. And mm. it can be quiet and private. And it's just the two of us. And they learn pretty quickly on that one, not mm. to move around. Just <laughs> coming <in> hairs. <laughs>
0: No, I think you're that's really wise. Oftentimes when we get angry in public it is more because we feel like others are disapproving than yeah. it is about our child actually. I don't, yeah. yeah, I, I don't want to be It is hard when I want to be that. One. I try to be like super laid back about some things. I'm like, yeah, I'm super chill. Like they don't have to, I mean that's not a big thing for us. Like let it be. And then someone swoops in and they have that look and they say that thing and you're like, "Oh." Yeah. I should care about that. I thought I was trying to be really cool and like, whatever kids, you know, it's not the most important thing. Well,
1: I think sometimes those are different. And, uh, so being relaxed about something and not flying off the handle about something is different than allowing your kid to just continue behaving however they're behaving Mm -hmm. and pretending you're not noticing it, Mm -hmm. you know, because if it's bothering you, you're that child's parent, you know, if it's bothering you, then you know, handle it. And, and you, each dynamic, each family has their own things that are a okay. And some that are, are, you know, not okay. And so if it's not okay with you, you shouldn't let it go because then it's going to, it'll drive you either to drink or to yell (laughs) or, you know, do something that you're not really, that you don't really mean that you're not, it, it sends you over the edge. And so then you're resentful or frustrated or having to backtrack. And so I, we need to parent small. And I feel like I say that about a lot of things. I think that in general, people have taken ministry moms, especially we've taken this job of being a mom and we've made it astronomical. And what we need to do is we need to pull it back and we need to make us small, our community. We need to be aware with our eyes and our hearts, what our community looks like. And it should be fairly small. And that doesn't mean it can't be Africa It for you. It very well, maybe, and with your whole family or whatever it might be, um, but it's, it, it needs to be just whatever God has put in front of you, whatever he has called you to do it. So just focus on that thing. And then our parenting can also be small. And that means that if your kid is pushing or, you know, not letting somebody else take turns on the slide or the swing, or they've been hogging something, whatever it is that you're, you're not parenting loud and large by yelling at them across the. Way saying, Hey, you should be sharing, or you know, making some crazy loud excuse or counting. (laughs) I'm not a counter when it comes to my kids, yeah, because they're only going to obey when you get to your final line, whatever your final line is right here. I wouldn't, yeah, or I wouldn't have said anything, Mm -hmm. I'm already at my line right now, and so I'm going to need you to obey me immediately. And um, so, the small comes in where. The discipline comes between you and your child and nobody else needs to be a part of that. It's uncomfortable to the people that are around us and then it's embarrassing to our kid and that's actually not the lesson that we're trying to teach. I'm not trying to put my kid in in their place. I want to build them up so that they can turn around and function in society and so when you pull them close, this is actually something I was terrible at in the beginning. And I watched my friend, Jennifer Russo, who's probably listening to this. <laughs> and she lives all the way in Virginia.
0: Hi, and, Jennifer.
1: Um, Waving. Yes, hi. hi, Jennifer. And so I, I watched her and she was such a, she parented so small. She would pull her, one of her girls in who was being sassy or whatever. And she, I could I never could tell you what they were saying, even though I was standing right there because she made it personal. It was Mm -hmm. intimate between them. And, and, and I loved that. And I thought, oh my gosh, that is such strong parenting. And you better believe that little girl was huge eyed and kind of terrified that her mom was so close and willing to do anything she said, you know, Mm -hmm. because she had taken the time to be in her space and talk to her and say, whatever it was, Hey, you know what, you're being rude right now. And you're hurting your friend's feelings or whatever that that pep talk was that she was giving her that, that reinstruction that she was giving her of what her expectations were. And this way it didn't need to be all of us involved and her shouting threats at her kid, as far as you're going to get a spanking or mm-hmm. we do you want to go home?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go home? Because really that sort of parenting is really only so that other parents, Hear you parent.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So many times I say that. It's it's so like I want everyone to know I have told them not to hit. So it's up to them now. I have trained them in this. At one point, they have heard me say don't hit. So just so everyone's clear, I'm not a mom who has not trained that. And and then there's this other part of me that's super lazy and does not want to stand up and end my conversation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, I just want to keep sitting and talking to my friend. And you're interrupting my time. Yeah, so I absolutely. get, I get all of that. That is, yeah. that is very good advice to parents small in that way. Parenting, you know, keeping your ministry small. I do. I like, I like your small. Okay. But what, one thing you do before we have to end, because I mean, I literally, we could probably do like 10 shows. You have so much
1: wisdom yeah.
0: in your little well, brain. I just experience
1: that I don't know nearly enough about you well, so I feel like maybe you should do um you should do like a series a podcast series where we get to interview you okay
0: or okay well, yeah. we'll, we'll I'm just gonna push that aside that. I'm gonna push yeah. that aside <laughs> but what I want to talk about is Taco Tuesdays yeah let's talk about Taco Tuesdays because I think it's a really a simple idea that I just I want you to talk about it Yes.
1: Yeah. so it seems like it's some phenomenally huge mega idea, but it really falls under the category of parenting small. Mm -hmm. And what we do is on Tuesdays, we actually, because of our family schedule, um, we host it once a month. We host Taco Tuesday on Tuesdays. We don't always have tacos. Sometimes we have pizza. Sometimes we have chili. This time we're having chili because it's fall. Mm -hmm. And um, we have, whoever wants to come into our home is welcome to come into our home. And if so, the majority of the nights we have tacos. So I provide the meat and I provide the tortillas. So we know we have those two ingredients okay? and whatever toppings are your favorite toppings. That's what you would bring um, if you've been invited. And my kids, it started because um, we wanted a way to stay in touch with our children and our children's friends and the people that were becoming their community and you know, when you send your child to school, even when you homeschool, which we've done all, we've done all sorts of schooling. When you send your kids to school or even when you're homeschooling, your kids are involved in sports. They're involved in church activities. They are involved with other kids that you may or may not know well. And we wanted those people to know us and to know our kids and we wanted to know them back. Hmm. And it's turned into this, This dinner that's seriously so basic, meat and tortillas, that's what I offer, and water. Sometimes I have pink lemonade, but that's about it. One time I had churros from Smart and Final, but it's really, it's so simple. But everyone just comes over and we hang out Mm -hmm. and we have dinner and they get to see our family interact and we get to interact with them and get to know them. And what it's done is it's created a space first for our kids to have a, fun, safe space to have dinner with the friends. They get to invite whoever they want. If you have teenagers in your world and you say to them, would you like some free tacos? They will always say yes. (laughs) If you have college students that live nearby you and you say, you say, would you like some free? You don't even have to say what it is. And they'll say yes because it doesn't matter. (laughs) They're so excited. (laughs) And free hugs. It could be. It doesn't matter what it is. They want that. They want it. And then with families, we have invited a lot of families and we literally just hang out and we eat. There's no entertainment factor. There's no, we don't do a movie. We don't do anything. Um, sometimes we'll play out a game every now and then if it's summer, we'll have a late night game or a movie or something, but it really is just about getting together and having dinner and creating relationships over tacos. And what it's done is it's, welcomed, my kids invite their teachers, they invite their coaches, people that we really see for maybe 10 minutes as we're picking up our kids from events, or at a at the party at the end of the season, you know, and it puts a face to us. So we suddenly are real people, and they feel a responsibility for our children a little bit more. Hmm. And then we feel safe if they're going to be taking our kids out of town, you know, if they're going to be traveling for Sports or for clubs or whatever, I feel totally safe sending my kids because I actually know these adults now. Where before it was so separate, and then my teenagers bring their friends, and their friends are. It's really funny because everyone has the same reaction, what no matter what their age is, and they say, "You guys really just have tacos? (laughs) Like just get together and you have tacos?" And I say, "Yeah, that's it." and I think a lot of them know that we are church people. A lot of them know that I'm a pastor, you know, that we do ministry and stuff. And so I think sometimes they're expecting a bait and switch, but it's <laughs> like, not. Like not.
0: surely they're going to talk about Jesus at the end of this yeah. night.
1: Yeah. Right. And if, if it comes up, sure. Well, we'll mention that guy. I, I love that guy, but that's not what we're there for. We are specifically there to love on our community one taco at a time. And <laughs>
0: Whatever. I need a
1: shirt. I need a shirt. Yeah, <laughs> I'm working on them. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll tag you when I when it's ready. But it really is the simplest dinner, the simplest way for us to create this ripple effect in our community. Because what's happened is my kids start bringing people. My daughter dragged this boy into our um, our house and she said he needs a family. Mm. Uh, he doesn't have anybody. And he's he hears her say that. And he said, it's true. And he's like, my family's crazy. And so mm-hmm. he's five minutes into our conversation. He and I are sitting on my back patio and he says, I said, so what's your story? You know, you know, is he from school? And he says, yeah. He said, she told me that you guys have taco Tuesday and that I should come and, and that it's really fun. And I'm so happy that I'm here. And I don't know if I hate my family or if I'm gay. And I was like, oh, I didn't know those were <laughs> ends of the spectrum, oh. so, but you know,
0: but he felt safe with you already.
1: Yeah. In like five minutes that this mm. kid needed a home that he could come to and just be where mm-hmm. he wasn't being preached at, that he wasn't handed a Bible tract, that he wasn't, you know, we don't even invite him to church and necessarily. You know, if that comes up, sometimes we pray over our dinner, but sometimes we don't, mm-hmm. you know, we just, we just have tacos and we give them a place to come. And before he left, he said, this is the best night I've ever had. And seriously, I think there were like six people that showed up. We usually have about 30, but there were maybe six people. We had the fire going in the back. My husband was home and this kid has been raised with no, no safe men. He's had Mm -hmm. men, but they've been decidedly unsafe. And he watched, I could feel him watching my husband and I interact for the two hours that he was there. And I think it just blew his mind that my husband was so respectful that he was so kind that he got me a napkin that, you know, and just him being able to watch that very small thing was amazing. And I felt like that night I I went into my room and I just was, I was so overwhelmed with how sweet he was. And he's 18 and just such a lost little soul. And I just was so grateful to God that he gave us a ministry like Taco Tuesday, because it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's not even if you look at it, really, it's not even a ministry, but it is because it's our real life. I mean, this is us living in our community and inviting people in, and just making that way for our kids to be these kids that go out and say, "Hey, you need to be here." And then my kids coming and saying, "Hey, his parents are going through a divorce; he needs to be here." And that my kids are seeing that now, and they're bringing these these little hurting hearts into our house, and we aren't saying, "Hey, let me fix you," we're saying hey, just come and eat with us. And w- then the Holy Spirit takes over and we don't have to do, it doesn't have to be big. It isn't big. It's meat and tortillas and water sometimes with mint in it. <laughs>
0: sometimes Spa water, spa water. Yeah. There's a cucumber <laughs> in it. Oh, yeah. Chantel, that's like, I have goosebumps. I love it. I am so inspired. Uh, there's something in me that just feels like we were so much more generous with our home before the kids. Oh, yes. And I don't love that we've let Legos take over (laughs) and I shut down the invitations because it's just not, it's just a little too messy or it's just a little too, you know, that I really have this desire to be the people that we used to be where we invited people in our home, but it's been shut off. Uh, And in a self-protective kind of things are crazy enough. Sure. Why would we add to that? But this does not seem complex. And it's really the heart of uh, it's what I want to put in my boys hearts. I don't want to put in their hearts this safe, comfortable life that's catered to them. I want them to turn their eyes out. And I want, but I can't make them do it if I'm not leading them there. So and walking.
1: Right. Right.
0: Walking there right, first. Which is the
1: hugest thing. You know, I think that's the hugest thing is that my, my kids aren't even out there bringing kids to me necessarily. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. that, that happens in churches where the people are like, Oh, you, you're having a problem. You need to come talk to my pastor. He'll pray for you. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way. And it isn't that way. You know, it's our kids now have kids coming to them saying, Hey, will you pray for me? Mm. And you know, my kids are all, oh my gosh, you know, and they're mm-hmm. tripping. They're not, they're not like, oh yeah, I'm so holy. They're all, you know, <laughs> they're humbled in trouble by it. For saying yeah. yeah they're, they're totally caught off guard because they're not, it's not like they're out selling it. They're just being who they are. And they opened their house one time to these kids for Taco Tuesday. And, mm. and, you know, and it was, and then it, it, they also turn around and my children get to see, they listen to what their friends say about it. And uh, we had, I read about it in, in my book, I wrote, which I'm sorry, it's not published yet, um, but it will be there. But there's a story about this little boy whose parents we've known these this little boy for a really long time, and he is just one of those kids that's always smiling, so joy filled. And I won't say the whole story uh, just because it'll be more meaningful in the book. But uh, he witnessed me coming home and giving my husband a quick hello kiss, and he was freaked out by it. He was like his eyebrows were so confused and it really made my son sad to listen to his friend, not know that that is something normal in a family. And so my son being able to say, okay, my parents actually love each other. That's interesting. I didn't know other people weren't like this. Uh, And then, you know, so it kind of sets a new norm for my son as well. and And it helps him, they have been more appreciative of, the home that we've given them because they've been able to go and hear feedback from their friends and, and just really appreciate, I think the, the, that safe environment that we do have for them. There's nothing wrong with that safe environment, but it's, it's when it's so closed off and we're doing it for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. that it, it starts to roll over into bad territory. And so how uh, host taco Tuesday or whatever your favorite yeah, food is Taco Tuesday an nice it. alliteration
0: and it's in yeah. the Lego movie. And it's Texas that we live in, so tacos are kind of a weekly event. So we could I technically have, yeah. have it every week. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it
1: could be Friday fried food or, you know, whatever. <laughs> just, I don't know what starts with the TH for Thursdays, but Tuesdays work
0: for us. So uh, that's good. That's good. Oh, Chantel, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing yeah. some of your wisdom with us about small parenting and small ministry and just the small things matter. And, even if they're small tacos they're not they're not small yeah yeah, yeah thank you and I, everyone will find you they'll find you at chantelbrewer.com yes okay yes
1: and just spell it like a 9 year old my dad was 9 when he found my name in a movie and that's he spelled it like a 9 year old and that's um hilarious. yeah and i'm also at um parenting nonsense on instagram is my favorite you can find me there and i'm on facebook as well but um instagram is just my favorite so you'll find me there actually more often than
0: And you're my favorite on Instagram. So that's like the same. Like Instagram's your favorite and you're my favorite. So it's
1: like a train of happiness. Uh I love that. It
0: It just keeps going. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for being on today. I will connect everyone to you and they can just keep following what you're doing. As we wrap up this summer of mentorship, I wanted to pray a prayer of grace over you. So I'm going to pray that for us right now. Lord, I thank you for the woman who's listening, that she would hear in her soul places, that her mind would repeat the truth, that she is loved by you, that she is adored by you, and that she would remove the lie of nothing, the shame of not enough, that she would hear instead, your. Overwhelming love, if she does absolutely nothing, if she is just standing in front of you, that that is enough to receive your love and your grace. I pray, Lord, that she would come to you with whatever thought or belief she is having about her mothering, about herself as a friend, and that she would hold it up to the truth of who you say she is. And God, I pray that you would replace that lie. And that you would fill her with the grace and the truth and the love that you have for her. I also pray if she has felt conviction from the Holy Spirit, that you would help point her to some practical things she could do to change. Whether it's changing the way she approaches correction with her kids, whether it's choosing to have more conversations with her kids over Other choices and distractions, whatever it is that she's feeling conviction over and not condemnation, I pray that you would direct her heart to embolden her to know that every day is a new day. Every morning has new mercies and that she can try something new today, this afternoon, in the morning, whatever it is that that there is no too far gone. I pray, Lord, that she would most of all feel your comfort and care in her mothering so that she could comfort and care The ones around her. In Jesus' name, amen. I know that sometimes we can listen to these episodes with mentors and we can feel so bad, and I don't want that to happen ever and ever, ever. My goal is to connect you with things and to help people in different places where they are, and not everything is for everyone, and it is you in connection with the Holy Spirit realizing what is to keep and what is not to keep. We have some great things coming up this fall. I want to make sure you stay in the loop. If you're not getting my weekly emails, I've kind of started making them a little different, not just putting show notes in there, but actually different content. Like um, I think week four of the summer mentorship, I also sent out some links with some Bible study resources. Every week I'm giving little nuggets of where I'm going to be or what I'm doing. And then just little tidbits that I feel like sharing that week. If you want to sign up, go to olaheather.com. Ola is with an H, just like Heather, H-O-L-A, heather.com. And you can sign up to get that weekly email so you can stay in the loop on what's going on. We have our, drum roll please, live event happening August 23rd. This year, we're not recording it because it's technically being hosted by some other moms. It's not technically my event at my church. It's at another church hosted by some Don't Mom Alone podcast clubs. And so it's super exciting that they are just leading the charge and planning this event. And if you have a group of moms and you want to have an event in your town, just let me know. I'm willing to take this thing on the road. Um, But if you want to check out this event, if you're listening and it's before the event happens, the event happens August 23rd, 2019, and you want to get a ticket and join us in Capelle, Texas, go to don'tmomalone.com forward slash live. I would love to see you there and meet you and hug your neck and tell you're doing an amazing job and let you believe me. So go check that out over at don'tmomalone.com forward slash live. If you follow me on Insta stories, you've gotten little glimpses of some interviews I've already recorded, some with Ruth Simons of Grace Laced and Monica Swanson with Boy Mom. Also, uh, Protect Young Eyes, the book, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, that author, Kristen Jensen, she's coming on the show this fall. Lots of fun things coming your way. So stay tuned and I'll meet you back here. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast.